the mouse. We're back. Hi. We uh, didn't mean to be gone for so long. We actually brought all of our equipment to New York and promptly recorded zero podcasts there. It's hard. It's hard when you're in New York. You're in a quote-unquote one-bedroom, which was really a studio with a baby. With and a baby and a dog. And, and Aunt Janet. Yeah, and to watch Janet. the baby. Lack of um, available podcast studio space. Actually, we didn't even really try to look for it. I bet well, we could have recorded somewhere. We just were really busy. We were very busy. So I don't know how this is going to work when we just need to put it in the schedule. Yeah, if it's or, in the schedule, we do it. Mm-hmm. Or record extra episodes or something like that. But Okay. Anyway, uh, we're back. We're home. We're in L.A. It's November. That's weird. Last time we talked, it was September. Wow. And although for, for this show, that's not bad. No. No, but we did do season. four in a row. We did four in a row. We'll, maybe we'll do try four it again. in a row again. And then eight episodes a season, maybe. That's pretty good. Then we'll start uh, again in January. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll just keep going. Are we going to do our gift guide to gift guides? Our guide to gift guides? Yeah. Let's do that. We'll do that one day. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's Lauren Sherman. Hi. I'm Dan Fromer, in case this is your first time listening, which would be hilarious. But <laughs> Why? Well, I guess it is some people's first time listening. Maybe. Why would anyone have listened to that? One or two. The One previous or two. 54 episodes. Who knows? Shout out to some of our friends who listen. Yeah. Um, five friends who listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. We're, uh, we just had five weeks in New York, and I think that's what we're going to talk mostly about today. Let's do it. First time in New York since July of 2020, where before that we had lived for 15 years and hadn't really left for longer than a few months at a time. I guess that Paris trip. Yeah, that was four four months. months. But other than that, really hadn't left in 15 years for No, we would leave constantly, but... Constantly leaving, constantly traveling, yes. Constantly returning. Yeah, I think I've finally passed 900,000 miles on american now as of that last flight wow so that's so when what we've you're been doing in, for the last 15 in, years when you're in the million mile club yeah. what happens they get on the loudspeaker someone sings god bless america or if you want a celine dion rendition of oh canada they bring you 10 ice cream sundaes <laughs> actually i don't know what happens i think they might actually announce it over the loudspeaker if on your flight where you get your millionth mile. Yeah. But maybe I made that up. I don't really know. Okay. Um, what you get as far as a thank you prize is you get lifetime gold status. Okay. Which is not really useful because if yeah. you're flying that often, you already have better than gold status. But if there's a year such as this year where you don't travel at all, it's nice to not lose any status. You know, at the very least you get free bags and better seats and that kind of stuff yeah cool um the yeah we've successfully well, at least i have prolonged my platinum status until the end of january 2023 so happy so, for you I, well it's very important for us because someone, someone's got to get us the main cabin extra well I mean, yeah also but the fun thing with with the baby that we can we get priority boarding anyway right uh true yeah so that's that's nice. 
Although yeah. we, we didn't, take didn't advantage really work of it this last time. trip. It was interesting flying with the baby. We're not going to talk about that on this show because who cares? But um, he was a delightful boy on the, on the plane. He is currently napping. Let's hope that continues. I think he will stay asleep for the next 40 minutes. Yeah. He, the jet lag has hit him pretty hard. He's no. Yeah. Aww. He's all right. He's doing great, though. It'll be okay. Um, he had a he had a wonderful time, and so did we. And and there's a whole other show we could do about how to how to walk around New York City with a stroller. But to be honest, it was actually easier to walk around there than it is in many parts of LA because at least the sidewalks are like designed for people to walk on and not yeah LA where the sidewalks are kind of it's it was easier to cart him around. It was annoying with steps and stuff. Yeah, the steps are, are an issue. Even when you have an elevator building, there's a stoop of some sort. At least there was in our case. Or, you know, some train stations have like an elevator that goes from one level to another, but not all the way up top. All this crap made yeah, it a little annoying. tricky. It definitely opened my eyes to the, um, you know, having a stroller is is not even a fraction of the stress of being disabled or being mobility challenged. But it really yeah. opened my eyes to... Just how bad accessibility is treated by our cities. Totally. Um, it's very fucked up. And granted, like, there are regulations that force the private sector to, you know, make spaces generally uh, accessible. The public areas of the city seem to get – just get by without doing it. I know there's, like, the MTA, the MTA specifically has grandfathered themselves into making it so that most stations are not accessible, but – it's it sucks like that's bullshit. I know yeah. it's expensive to put elevators in in you know tubes, but just do it. Yeah. It's anyway, extremely fucked up. Rant over. Um, adding adding to my list of things that I'm now like extremely pro as of this year, including doulas and <laughs> um, accessibility and <laughs> yeah, it's all these bunch things. of other stuff. What this experience has Parental done for leave. both of us, I think, is like all these things intellectually we were for or pro. Yeah. You now feel impassioned about. Like parental leave is is a great example of that. Like always advocating for that. But now that I've experienced it, I just don't understand how people. It should be mandatory. Not yeah. even it should be it should be universal. It should be mandatory. Yeah. Take time off and raise the, your damn kid. Yeah. Yeah, because you're gonna. Yeah, anyway, let's not go get into let's that not here. get into it sorry don't <laughs> don't at me yeah, but um it's, it's true so new york uh we'll talk about a bunch of stuff yeah let's start with uh the, the favorite talk topic of this show shopping yeah let's do it did, did you enjoy you... anything well it's a very it's still kind of a, if you're not in new york it's still kind of a weird time there there it definitely feels like 85 percent back to normal in terms of People are out everywhere. You can't stop for five seconds on the sidewalk without getting run into by someone. Um, there's definitely an energy in the city. Our first night we landed and we're staying in the West Village and I felt culture shock like I've never felt before. Yeah, there were 1,000 young people dressed and they were like wearing real clothes. It was, it was, pretty, it was pretty alarming. Um, so anyway, New York is back in many ways, but... The retail experience seems like it's really been held back a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It it felt better as we we were there because things – one thing that was very – that's 
different from there than here. So I listen to NPR in the mornings regardless, but I listen to WNYC there and I listen to KPCC here. And maybe it was because I wasn't listening as long there, but here I feel like they really talk about like the case situation. Like they talk about where they are with cases, how many cases this week, how many cases on Sunday, how many cases yesterday. I never heard that on WNYC. So I had a very... I, did, I mean, and that's the only, was really my only news source. So I didn't have a good sense of like how how things were going there. It sounded like cases were down over are down overall. But so the thing that was interesting about there is like everybody eats inside without a mask, whereas here, I think because people are more isolated anyway, um, we just haven't Still needed to eat outside dining, yeah. yeah i think now it's probably is like we're on friday i think we're gonna be inside i don't even think they do outside down um dining but as we went there it felt like things opened up and and got yeah. more people got more and more uncomfortable um but with with shopping you know the first week we went to Soho and did some stores. You had wanted to go to the Nanamika store. Which um, was great. Beautiful uh, new yeah, store. Really nice I store. think it opened either earlier this year or late last year. Nanamika, one of my favorite brands from Japan. Yeah. Um, and there was like a rich guy in his early oh, yeah. 60s who was like, oh, this is my new favorite brand. I'm just going to buy everything. And yeah. I was like, that's exactly what they need. Good for them. Um, I felt like... Uh, a big amount of disappointment in some cases and then excited in other cases. So my big disappointment was it's really just not a good multi-brand retailer anymore. And if mm. you, it, I, I, my aunt was gracious enough to babysit our baby for two days a week. So I was able to do work meetings in, I'm going back to work in a couple of weeks. So it was like a nice ease back in, hear what people are talking about and, you know, so many people just talked about how much they miss Barney's, even though Barney's wasn't quote unquote good for the last few years. Hmm. There isn't really a place to go and find a bunch of cool stuff. There's Dover Street Market, which we didn't go to, which I, I don't, either, I yeah. have no idea why we didn't do that, but I guess well, we go it's here. Kind of like in a neighborhood that you don't really go to. Unless... Yeah, but usually we would have made an event out of that, but it's yeah. not, I don't. Honestly, I don't really shop there. I like to just go and look around. And It's entertainment. Yeah, and Bird is gone. Like a lot of places yeah. that I – I'm trying to think where – but the other – this is going to sound insane, but I mostly do my online shopping. And then when we would go to Paris for Fashion Week, I would buy stuff because mm. it was like fun. And they have the best department stores in the world. They have the best individual boutiques but i was hoping that new york would sort of serve that purpose for us that like paris thing this sounds extremely pretentious but um really unfortunately there just isn't a lot left and there's this brand called karen callahan that i follow on instagram i have like one of her jackets her stuff is kind of crafty rachel comey but a little more boyish and crafty or Claire Vivier, but a little more boyish and crafty, like in this kind of upper contemporary price point, but just cool. She has like, I have a work jacket that's called the Krasner jacket, Lee Krasner jacket or whatever. He, really nice stuff. Um, but I've never worn a pair of her pants. I just had a baby. My weight is like 
not, it's, you know, my body is just totally different and I don't know what size I am in anything. And they have no pricing on their site. You just see the, and I thought, oh, I'll just go to the store and try a bunch of stuff on. I probably would have bought four or five things. I go up to the store. The store's just not there. They just closed. I'm sure she had a landlord issue. It was in Nolita in like the middle of the pandemic or whatever. I was really bummed because I was excited to go there and try a bunch of stuff on and maybe get three things. So instead, I bought a pair of the pants online. They were huge on me. Giant. And I was like, well, I now I don't know what size I would be. So I messaged them and I was like, could I just come? And I used my married name account so that they wouldn't like look me up or whatever and try to give me any special, um, special treatment because that does happen sometimes because people don't want you to publicly talk about it or whatever. But, um, I asked them if I could just come because I know that they have all their inventory at their studio and cause it's that small of a company and, I was like, could I just come to the studio and try a bunch of pairs on? Because I really want them. I just don't know which ones would fit. Or can you let me know which stockist that you have that would have them? And they were like, we're going to open up our showroom, like their showroom part of their studio for people in December, but it's not available right now. And we don't know, like we don't have many wholesale stockists anymore. So we could send you another pair with a return slip. They usually charge for returns. And I was just like, forget it. I'm not going to bother. I hand delivered the pants to To the, to the return center, like to their studio, which is their turn center. So I wouldn't have to pay the $20 um, shipping fee or $10 shipping fee or whatever. Then I did end up going to the store Ouroboro, which is in Nolita and has great stuff and is, has a really cool mix of stuff. And, um, they actually had them. Oh, wow. And I, they just, I, the two sizes down also did not look good and, and like were too big in certain places. So they just weren't the right pants for me. But the point being that like she has 10 different styles of pants yeah. If if her store was open, I could have just gone in and it was a really nice cute store. She has just really fun taste and mm. I did miss the, on the Lower East Side, there's a lot of great vintage shops. There's a really good yeah. New York Times story that that came out a couple of um weeks ago that kind of goes over that and What the, was the one place we went? Lara Lara Collegi? No, no, the Oh, the retro. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Um, what's it called? Leisure Center. Leisure Center. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, and I've been following them since they opened, and was excited. Like I got re- two really cool vintage Gap denim work shirts from them. Like there's fun stuff right now down there. There's like a bunch of amazing vintage shops. Um, but and so that felt really exciting. But generally. Like the lack of multi-brand retail was just really like on a large scale. You mean just like there's no opening ceremony anymore. Yeah. The Webster oh, yeah. wow. is great, but not for me. Like there's no 
You have CHCM. Right. It's a little... I mean, in the men's department, it's never been great in New York, but CHCM is awesome and remains awesome, and I'm glad I went there a few times. Um, it, it just feels like... Fir- sh- oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, and then there's a couple new things that opened. Uh, well, um, I didn't get to go back to... I think you say... I think it's Nepenthes. Um, I didn't get to go there, but I heard that expanded. That's like more... Problem with a lot of these like menswear stores is that uh, apologies in advance. They're just a little too fashiony for me. Like I want yeah. more workwear, and that's why I love CHCM because they have a really good mix of like practical stuff, but also stuff that's a little out there. Um, one of my other favorite stores, Goose Barnacle, has also survived the pandemic. That's in Brooklyn Heights, and he used that time to actually start building out more of his own line. He's also fully developed the back room of the store into like a, a spanish soccer club yeah which is very cool um so i actually bought like a tie that he had made and also he's making uh like oxford shirts in portugal so i got one of those too so that was pretty cool very nice but definitely like missed out on stores that used to exist there um although there was never like the men's equivalent of bird in new york like to me that's um union made in san francisco which is gone but yeah and the union made women's store was never good. No. Only the men's. Yeah. But the point being, there just aren't as many of those places. Like Ouroboro is good. Mm. Is it totally my style? No. But there was always like a lot of fun. There, I think we did a lot of our shopping in Europe when we would do, we would go to, because we were traveling so much, we would go yeah. to shop stores and buy stuff almost go as souvenirs. the Margaret Howell store. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like, you can't, I would love to see all the Margaret Howell right now. And you can't, anywhere, when we were in San Francisco, I was thinking, like, they should open, that's the one brand that I think could actually do well at mm. retail in San Francisco because it's just such a perfect brand for well, people they, there. they had so much CHCM, which he told me the first time I went in there. And then the second time I went in, he's like, oh, sorry, they've all been sold. Oh, that's so, too bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like... There were a few things left, but well, not a lot. In, there's just so many fun shops. And maybe they a lot of them have closed too. But in Paris, we have like... There's Le Bon Marché. It's just the most amazing department store. And they have... Like a Margaret Howe shop and shop. They have yeah. a, a Sophie Dore shop and shop. There And there's just not a ton of... It felt like, in some ways, I, I was missing... Even though opening ceremony got... I got old and it got younger and like more streetwear focused. Mm-hmm. Like just being able to go in those stores and look around. There's just not as much of that anymore. But there are really amazing vintage shops. There are some really cool shops that have opened. I went to the opening of Susan, the opening day of Susan Alexandra's store. She has this little that you've written about, and I've written about this little uh, article. She's like the Judith Judith Lever of Gen Z, but um, she's really interesting, and her store was super fun. I feel the retail popping. People just want to go shopping so badly in person, but the so Lower East Side really fun. Glad that things are happening there. It feel felt good um but the and then i went to the row sample sale which oh yeah i went to that too only in new york it was incredible but and and the thing about that sample sale is they had so much product i can only imagine that a lot of it had to do because they 
were owed, I think, $4 million from Barney's. They were the ones that were owed the most out of all the different brands. And they just had so many SKUs. I'm assuming some of that merchandise was pre-pandemic. But it was incredible. And everything was... It was like one of those, man, this is why you live in New York. <laughs> um, but... The other place that I really did enjoy our shopping experience, or I, we actually didn't do much shopping there, but I'm like getting very excited about it, is Rockefeller Plaza. Mm, yeah, the Be- renaissance of Rockefeller. So we Center. had this amazing day where the, our baby and I went, we took the train up to Central Park. We had breakfast in Central Park, or second breakfast. And then we went to the Met, and then we went, and had another breakfast in Central Park. And then we walked to meet Daddy at Lodi, this great Ignacio, I forget his last name. Matos? Yeah. Uh, His restaurant that just opened there. We had an incredible lunch there. Same uh, team as behind Estella, Obama's quote-unquote restaurant. Yeah, and Cafe Ultra Paradiso. And Ultra Paradiso. And one of my favorites. Yeah, it, it was great. Oh, it was so good amazing customer service. We sat outside with the interiors. I went to the bathroom. The interiors were incredible. Just, oh, it was the best. The uh, the gimmick there is the uh, made-for-you big-ass gelato dessert. It was <laughs> so The good. size of your head. It was very good. Um, and then we went to Muji, and you got some stuff, and I got oh, yeah. some, and I had to go to two Mujis because they have very incredible baby oh, clothes. Muji, yes, I went to like ten Mujis. Yeah. Well, there's not ten. Well, there might be ten. I went to at least five different Mujis. I forgot about Muji. Muji was which Muji closed in New in California. Yeah, and so in New York, I would basically go to Muji almost every day. Like we for, we went there the first couple of days to buy stuff for the apartment, and then I was like. Oh, of course I need this pocket-sized lint roller, obviously. And then yeah. one day I had spent um, a few hours outside in Greenpoint, and it was getting chilly. So I went into the Muji in Williamsburg and got a scarf and in winter gloves and yeah. long underwear. I also got today. gloves and a hat from Muji. Yeah, it was it was a very was, integral actually, Muji part was of a good our experience. Of kind of what was going on there because the first weekend when we were there, the stores were really scary. There was almost no inventory at all. They had there was even no notepads they had pens but they didn't have notepads they had entire sections of the store that would often have like 30 different products on the shelves they only had one product it was just like a hundred of the same storage box or something like that it was very depressing like almost nothing was in stock and then by the time we left they got a lot of new stuff and they got a lot of new apparel in they got a lot of new accessories they got a whole bunch of kitchen stuff they had chopsticks back. They had pretty much everything except the one thing that I really wanted. Which was? The white chocolate covered freeze-dried strawberries. You don't need those. I don't need them, but I want them. Um, they did not they they never showed up. Maybe next time, uh maybe next time. Maybe they don't make them anymore. I don't know. But it was great to like maximize our Muji spending. That yeah, I got I got F a lot of really cute baby clothes there. We got baby clothes. I bought um bunch of little random stuff you know even the muji q-tips are nice yeah and then i went up and then so i went up to nordstrom i didn't, I didn't go through all nordstrom because i had the baby and it would i just was like yeah, what oh. was that like we just went to the home goods store because i wanted to see the great jones build out which looked good cool but then really wanted to go because there's this stylist named beverly something i forget her last name and she 
has just been doing these pop-ups, which one she did do in Rockefeller Plaza, but right now has a Nordstrom called Beverly shop. And that's Mm. where I got the olive oil. And she just has like a lot of cool kitchen stuff. The point being that like, so Rockefeller Plaza, there's really cool shit going in there right now. There's a cool K U L E, which is like the stripy jean, stripy shirt. It's not our, it's not for us. It's like very preppy, but, um, really cute. Like, Lots of fun stuff is opening up there, and um, there's a rough trade. There's a there's going to be a McNally yeah, Jackson. Trade, like, left Williamsburg, right? I have no idea, but I all so. I know is that they're there's in there. But they're basically like reimagining venue. it, and this happens all the time with retailers. Like they tried to do South Street Seaport and make it cooler. Most of the time, it doesn't work because developers don't have good taste. But like whoever is the person who's developing this has very good taste. Yeah. And like very contemporary taste that like we'll get because the whole thing is if I'm in New York City and even if we're living there, even if we were living there, you want to have a day where you go shopping. Like uh, on Friday you took Fritz our baby and I my friend took the day off and we went shopping and we went to I I did a workout class and then I went Till we went to lunch and dimes, and then we walked around the Lower East Side, and we went to all the vintage shops, and then we went to John Darian, and I bought Christmas decorations, and we went to Ouroboro, and it was like a four-hour thing, and it was just so fun to do yeah. that with a friend, and and I think right now people are desperate for that kind of that's experiential, just mm-hmm. like going around to a bunch of different things, and yeah. the thing about Rockefeller Plaza is. that's like a place you never want to go. But I used to, when we lived in the city, there's a blue bottle there and I would like like plan New York. Yeah. And I would plan my like day around getting my second coffee at the blue bottle there. Mm. And so there is a hundred percent like a market for that or whatever. And I'm just excited about it. But what they really need, they're getting all these cool stores to go up there, all these cool brands, all these cool restaurants. Yeah, there's like a pop-up from some Texas retailers, including Stag, which is like a menswear store in Austin. I I forgot to check it out, but it sounded cool. What they really need, though, is a multi-brand store. Mm. They need a cool multi-brand store. Like that 10 over 10 that was in Hudson Yards, that or not 10 over 10, 10 over 6. That was so cool. I don't know if it's still open there, but like they've had a lot of issues. It's this whole like mall concept. It's funny. When we first moved to New York in 2005, like the the hot shit was uh, Time Warner Center. Like it was. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was hot shit or not. I thought it was cool because I was 23 or something. And it was like there was a, there was a Borders Books there. There was an Equinox. There yeah. was a Whole Foods. There was CNN. There was like a few other interesting stores there. There was a, there was a big J Crew there. Well, but and there were a lot of restaurants that were supposedly like a per se and all right, that per stuff. per se and Masa and stuff like that. And then that like a lot of that stuff is gone a lot of it is still there but it's super lame now whereas well, it's 2004 bougie yeah and but that guy is the guy who developed hudson yards and i right. think while hudson yards there it was some interesting stuff in there we never went and maybe it's just because of one it we went for the opening night and that was yeah, it which was fun. and there was like the momofuku didn't they have like a little deli 
Yeah, they had a little convenience store next door to the David Chang restaurant that was there. There was also a large blue bottle there. There was also a large Muji there, which yeah. was trying to have a, the first Muji coffee shop in New York, but it was super lame. But it just felt like, even though I spent some time near there at, I think it's called Manhattan West, because of our our travels, we had to travel to Long Island once a week, the baby and I. Oh, yeah. We would go up to the Daily Provisions in Manhattan West and then have coffee at Black Fox Coffee, which is in a hotel over there. But the it, it, the Hudson Yards didn't work because it was a mall, and I don't think people... It, a, the location, all that stuff. A, the, B, the pandemic. But C, C, the lack of tourists. Yeah. yeah. D, I don't want to go walk around a mall. Right. Like, I want to walk around outside yeah. to a bunch of fun shops and go to... A, and and also, the choices of restaurants, while there were good chefs and like very prestigious chefs who did stuff there, it felt very 2004. It felt yeah. very like not right for this time whereas this Rockefeller Plaza is like hmm. just totally on point of the kinds of stuff that I want to like spend dumb money on. Yeah. Should we race to write about this? I don't know. I think that New York Times did a story on it. Oh, okay. Well, well, there's more stuff that we are aware of coming that's cool. So, we'll see. Yeah, it it so yes, it, at first I was super disappointed in the shopping, but then as as the weeks went on, I had more fun. Yeah. And is there a multi-brand retailer that would make sense there? Is there even a space for it? Is that J. Crew still there? Can they? Rip I'm sure that there's out? there's tons of spaces for it. I I don't know. That I feel like there needs to be some new multi-brand retail, especially in women's. Like there are no. There needs to be like a cool person who has really slick, interesting taste. Like these vintage shops that are opening up have that. They have cool brands. They have a very specific – James Valorian is one. They have very specific like stuff that you can get at these places. But I want – there's there's one in meatpacking. Um, the woman's name is Telsha. I think it's called TA or something like that. Mm. That's cool, but it's not for me. It's a little – it's just not the right brands for me. Yeah. But there just needs to be something – like, honestly, more brand-wise, like, along the lines of what Mohawk General has, but Mohawk is very L.A. Like, you go in there, and it feels like you're in an L.A. store. Something slick and fun and almost, like, 80s cool hmm. of a multi-brand retailer that became the... there. It's gonna It's going to happen. There is going to be a cool multi-brand retailer that comes out of all of this. I I have total faith. Let's and hope it's going to so. be the and kind of thing. Does model work? I mean, did it ever work? Fair. It can work if you sell through and you sell enough product. But also, a lot of times, like, it's just, once again, with the fashion industry, if you just come from a lot of money and you can, like, blow five million bucks in the beginning, which many people can then you can make it happen. And honestly, I don't even know if it matters if it doesn't work long term, if it's cool for five or 10 years. I'm just talking from a consumer perspective. Right, right, I right. just want that. Yeah. I want a place that like, I want to fly to New York to go shopping. Yeah. And there, while the whole, the experience as a whole, I, I felt that way. Like it was worth it for us to go to like enjoy 
seeing all these different things because here there are some very cool stores, but the retail scene is, it's just different. It's, um, but there wasn't a, there isn't a place right now where I'm like, Oh my God, I, I will walk in and buy a ton of stuff or at least buy one nice thing. Besides Uniqlo. Besides Uniqlo. I did go into Uniqlo. It was, it was super packed. It was the day that the white mountaineering stuff came out and I missed the, was it the light down jacket or something that everyone wanted? Um, I missed that. But uh, it's crazy. Uniqlo is still like very chaotic, obviously. I bought a bunch of socks. Uh, I did like – I really liked the Alex Mill store. Yeah, I really like it. I think it's very long. Yeah, it's a weird shape. And the, it's like it, skinny and long. Yeah, which is – I don't know why that – I like the I'd like the layout of their old store better. Yeah, me but too. it was on not now it's on Broadway and Mercer. Yeah, and so the foot traffic I'm sure is just so much better. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a good store, and it was fun to go and look around and try a bunch of stuff on. And yeah. I bought some pants. They yeah, nice. yeah, and I I actually bought something online, but it was good that we got to see everything. Um, but yeah, there are there are some fun stores opening up. It's, it's, um, but I do think it's just a, it, just to put things on display. The, did you listen to Claire and Erica's podcast a couple of weeks ago about the department store thing? Not yet. They were just talking about how there needs to be like a multi-brand store for suiting hmm. or a multi-brand store for jeans, which have exi- existed in the past <laughs> or scoop or whatever. And then you kind of just get back to being a multi-brand retailer or being a department store. But I do think like the multi-brand boutique with like a very sharp point of view is – fashion is desperate for it. Hmm. And it would be so fun to have that. It's been interesting. Like Pilgrim was that for me for a long time. That's where I just bought my first Norse Projects, Oxford. That's where I would go and explore Patagonia stuff and – They've just moved more toward their own brand, um, yeah. which is good. I mean, I don't know if it's a better or worse business for them. Well, it's a better business if they can sell sell it because, yeah. like, uh, you know, the the retailer and the brand, when you do it through wholesale partnership, sure. are each getting a slice and you have to charge essentially the same. So if you can get double of, like, a, two times the size of a slice... Right, and the stuff they're selling is more expensive than the old stuff they used to sell. Yeah, which I but find I is still, kind of the, the pattern. With they the actually the have Karen Callahan, this brand that didn't. Oh, really? They have some stuff At there. Pilgrim? Yeah, that's funny. Um, they had more. I found it in more places than the brand itself. That's the, weird. You know, um, said, but Pilgrim was great to go back to. Uh, what else did I go to that was interesting? Didn't go into any. I didn't go into camp. Camp was like the cool kids store that was supposed to be. You know the quote unquote experiential place, but it feels yeah. like they're they well they definitely have to shut everything down, and it still feels like it's kind of a a, mind, a bit of a minefield. I don't know. Yeah, I, I walked it'll work by it, one. Was eventually. there one in the West Village or something? There are kind of in there. There's more of them now. There's definitely one in that mall in downtown Brooklyn that I went into. Yeah, um, there was also a McNally Jackson. I walked by one with Fritz, and I was like, eh, yeah, I don't need to go in here. Yeah, maybe next time. Um, but the kind of the the one of the most noticeable uh, takeaways for me at least was that the the bag of the year 
was the Target shopping bag. Um, I guess at some point while we were gone, New York banned single-use plastic bags, so you can't oh. get those anymore. And a lot of stores switched to paper bags, um, especially like the grocery stores. But Target, for five cents, will sell you this reusable, I mean, I'm sure it's made out of some sort of plastic, tote bag with that's like a light gray and a very, very bright red Target logo on it. And it's a, actually a really good deal for five cents. Like the Whole Foods grocery bags cost, what, two bucks or something like that? So you go to Target, you buy a bunch of stuff, you spend five cents each and get these reusable tote bags. And I saw them everywhere, like all over the place. Yeah. And yes, Target has evolved in New York over the last decades. Like when we first lived there, there was two really ratty Targets, one in one in Flatbush uh, Center, what's that place? Atlantic Center, and yeah. then one in Queens. And they were just like not nice stores. And now there's several new targets that actually feel pretty nice the one in tribeca is nice the one in downtown brooklyn is nice i'm sure there's a lot more um it's just been interesting like you you would not think of target as a new york store and now even like whatever they whatever they're losing on these bags they're making an earned media because i would see them I'm not even exaggerating like almost every block i would see someone with a target bag or certainly every time i left to go walk around, like whether I left the office to go to the subway or whether I was on the subway or whether I was in, like I was spending a lot of time in Union Square. So it makes sense that people would bring a bag like that to the green market. Yeah. But everywhere throughout the city, I saw them. And yeah, I started were... pointing them out to you and to a point where it became annoying. And then I what? went to Target and bought like five of them. <laughs> it was funny that you bought so many of them. It was hilarious how many of them there were. Yeah, I would say it's the, for sure the bag of the year. Perhaps um, not as iconic as the New Yorker or, or as obnoxious as the New Yorker tote bag or the kind of signature Trader Joe's uh, grocery yeah. bag. But definitely good good work, Target. I was very impressed. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting. That, that, I, did, that. I did go into the Target in downtown Brooklyn to purchase mine. Oh, you didn't go to the Tribeca Target? No, I went to downtown Brooklyn. Um I also wanted to buy rapid COVID tests, but they didn't seem to have any. But they did have, in in terms of uh, supply chain chaos in New York, speaking of what I was talking about earlier with Muchi, they did have an entire selection of pre-dented garbage cans that you can buy. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, not even joking, multiple garbage cans with, like, large dents in them. I don't know why those were even allowed to be put out for sale. Um, Speaking of downtown Brooklyn, there's a new Ace Hotel there. Which yeah. is really, really nice. Um, we did not stay there. We Lauren went to a party there that I was not invited to, but I was babysitting you anyway. Were, you were invited. Um, but I went by myself and got a, a tea and sat in the lobby and did some work for a couple hours. And beautiful uh, – my understanding is that it's a completely new-build hotel. So oh, cool. Ace like kind of started out seemingly kind of refurbishing existing hotels in their style – um, I really like these new ones that they're doing that are new builds. The one in Chicago is really beautiful. And this one, I, we didn't go in, into the rooms, but everything looks really great. The lobby is, is expansive. There's a big lobby bar. There's, of course, the Ace trademark like desk where just a bunch of dudes were working. Uh, well, dudes and ladies. There was, I would say, a healthy mix. But um, it was great. It was really nice. And maybe we'll stay there someday. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would love to stay there. 
We should make this one short because I do want to wake him up so he doesn't oversleep. Cool. Um, but two things. Like, let's talk about what people were wearing. Okay. And then I want to talk about the big question is, like, would you want to move there again? But let's let's talk about what people were wearing. Yeah. What were people wearing? So what I noticed more than anything were on-running sneakers. Oh, my God. Yeah. On-running sneakers were my target bag of the trip. So on – previous to this, like, BOF had done a story on on – and they had these insane numbers, and they were like, "We're this big part of the market." And I was like, this, "Were they from I don't Switzerland?" Understand this, yes, probably because I learned about them from Monaco. And then you did a story on them. I wrote about their recyclable shoe that they're launching as a subscription at some point in the future. But I just have never seen them, and obviously in LA, we don't spend enough as much time with other people. But I'd say for people who live here. We are on the streets a lot walking around. Yeah, relative and to the Echo average. Park and Silver Lake are very walkable compared to other areas. We also walk down streets that most people would not walk down with mm, small yeah. babies. Like last night, I was walking down Glendale. If you saw me, just wave next time if you're if you're on Glendale and I'm walking with the baby. But um, but I was like, this is just so insane. He, it's so funny, but. Like Echo Park Avenue and Sunset Boulevard, we walk around there a lot. We walk around Culver City a lot. We walk around West Hollywood a lot. We see what people wear. Mm-hmm. No one here wears on-running sneakers. <laughs> and maybe it's because it's hot and everyone has sandals on. I don't know, but I don't see them when I'm hiking. I don't see them. Yeah. We stayed in the West Village at a friend of a friend's in an incredible location. So we were able to go running on the West Side Highway and... Pretty frequently, now that Fritz sleeps like an hour, hour and a half, I can run out if you're there and be able to get some more exercise. So I was running three or four times a week. And I was just looking at people, what people were wearing, because I wrote a newsletter about this if you subscribe to my personal newsletter. Um, But I was looking at like what was the active wear people were wearing, a lot of Lululemon, a little bit of Nike, and a little bit of Tracksmith. And then you told me that Tracksmith does this. Um, they do like group runs and things. Yeah. It was interesting. I I think that brand's really interesting. But um, but the thing that I noticed the most were the on running sneakers, and most people were not running in them. Most people were walking. And then I just saw them. They have become the rich person's casual sneaker. Mm. It's just every rich person that I saw in New York had a pair of these fucking sneakers on. Huh. And most I, people we were not like exercising five, in them. In five minutes Some people were Lickers running Street. in them. Yeah. I think that I don't know if this is because we're American. I do think Nike, Asics, Adidas, like these more established things. I don't wouldn't be comfortable run. A, I don't want them anyway. But like, I wouldn't be comfortable running in a pair of those. I won't. The Ons. Yeah, just yeah. because they. If you've never it, seen them, they have a very um, uh, specific external sole. That's hollow, like they have holes in the sides of the shoes. So that that was my big so they're revelation. Very noticeable, and they're of, probably patented, so people can't easily copy that. And it and it just like it was one of those things of this company says that they're doing so well, blah blah blah, and you're kind of like okay, uh-huh. but then it was I it it was proven to me. Because yeah. I could way more than the thing like a pair of Allbirds. I've never seen a lot of people wearing them except for in San Francisco. Same thing like Veja 
is very or Veja is it Veja? Veja is very popular in Europe. You, it is popular in the U.S., but Saw like, a few pairs. yeah, it's definitely picking up, but it's not popping off. They, these were popping off. I was yeah. like, oh it was shit, out of control. It is out of. Did control. you go to the store? No, I didn't. I didn't need to go in. It looked pretty nice though. It looked fine, but like for neck for actual work trip maybe. But I was very <laughs> impressed. The other thing I noticed a lot of people wearing was just like. It's just the the early Y2K revival is like a real thing and amazing to me just to see the way young people dress. And it was really fun to what have that. What does that mean to you? Because I, I was very unfashionable just like Y2K. low-rise jeans, platforms, button-down mm. shirts that are like showing a lot of torso showing. Oh, wow. A lot of bare... Oh, yeah. I saw a lot of bare bellies. Yes. A lot of bare bellies. And I did a little thing for the gentlewoman a couple of oh, months yeah, ago, right, my yeah. like rare freelance thing um, about this. And But you see that in LA, too. So that wasn't yeah. as surprising. But it's just really fun and to go to museums in New York because there's just like people fucking look great. Yeah. They just dress up in this cool way. And they do that here as well. Like I think LA actually there's tons of personal style here. You just don't see people as much. And also people tend to wear, it's not like San Francisco where literally people dress like shit, (laughs) which I said on Twitter and people got very mad, but it's it's fundamentally true. Yeah. Um, But it was just really fun to see people dress up. And I felt again, like I came home yesterday and cleaned out my closet. Cause I was like, okay, I remember what I like again. Yeah, it was nice to dress up. It was so nice. And I'm going to try really hard. Wear like clean shoes? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to try very hard to dress up more and and not just wear like sweatpants all the time. Um, Sounds good. But that that was, from me, those are the things that I noticed. Did you notice anything that you thought was cool? Well, it's funny. The one thing that I was thinking about before we, as we were planning this trip, my question was like, should I buy a new pair of jeans? Are people in New York wearing jeans a lot? And you know what? I didn't even look. I forgot. I forgot to look. I did buy some like jeans that were not jeans, like some five pocket um, pants from Alex Mill that were not really denim-y. But I don't know. Were people wearing a lot of jeans? I was just wearing corduroys almost every day. I didn't really notice. I didn't either. I noticed like, I think people are wearing pants. I think. People are wearing like wider leg stuff, which mm. is, but it was just fun. A lot of vintage. One yeah. of the stores that Lara Collegi, I think it is. I don't know if it's pronounced that way at all. And that's, it might be Kojel. I don't, I have no idea, but it's K-O-J-E-L-I, I think, but I don't remember. Um, or K-O-L-E-J-I. I don't know. It's L-A-R-A though, for sure. It's on Orchard. But they had tons of Barney's co-op branded stuff for sale. Huh. That's like weird. there's just like weird early 2000s. I went to this private. Should have kept all my bad checked shirts. Yeah, I went to this. Oh, I, now I remember. I went to this private members club called Zero Bond, Ooh. and it's where Eric Adams, the new mayor, had his like celebration party. And then the next night, you if you get the Page Six newsletter, you'll know this. Kim Kardashian and Pete, whatever, were at this place eating Mm. and it's like 
Soho House, but like meets 2006 Tao clubbing type thing. It's a nightclub nightlife guy. And it looks like it's very like opulent. It feels very like Miami rich person type Mm. thing. But it was also fun to go there. I just went for a drink at 5 p.m. with someone, but it was just hilarious. Lots of weird shit going on in New York. I'm glad we went. Definitely glad we don't live there. That's my thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was nice to be there. And it was it, it was as if two years hadn't happened, but also it was as if five weeks hadn't happened. Like, it just flew by and... Um, just felt natural, like I was back to my back on my bullshit of like aggressive pedestrian behavior, kind of diagonally walking between people in the same group, like abruptly crossing and jumping in front of people because I was walking faster than them. Just like all that stupid shit I do. That was super fun. The ambient stress level was at least fifty percent higher there. Even just like being calm felt stressful there. Uh, in a way that was super exhilarating, I think in my 20s, early 20s especially, I don't know, there's still no, like, there's nowhere to take five minutes and relax other than, like, a toilet. Like, where else Where else yeah. can you sit for five minutes and relax in New York? I don't know. I haven't found that place. The subway was not too bad, actually. I didn't feel weird on the subway. It was didn't feel unsafe. Um there weren't people like breathing I mean, all over you. But. Knock on knock on wood. We've yeah. just been really lucky. Yeah. Like we're careful, but a lot of careful people have gotten sick and we haven't gotten totally. sick. And that's the, the outdoor dining was amazing. I really loved it. It was great to be able to roll up to, you know, Ultra Paradiso or Blue Ribbon Sushi with a stroller and not get yelled at and just have a place to sit and eat yeah, outside. It was really nice. It was generally warm. Um I don't know, it was cool to like just Find out about something like a sake tasting at uh, Rule of Thirds, and just go three days later and and go to the cop the sake tasting like that yeah. kind of stuff. I'm sure that happens here too. It's just that we've never lived here in a, in a time of uh, maximalism. So and it's and it's not. It is a more a more homebound life here for yeah. everyone, and it will be different now that I'm going back to work and people are going. I'm getting invited to more things, but. You know, there are, being there with a kid, there are huge benefits, but there are also huge drawbacks. And I'd say the biggest drawback is like, your life becomes, for me at least, like my, I I was saying, I had a call earlier with my boss and I was like, yesterday when we came, we came back on Sunday, we were here on Monday. It was the first day that Fritz and I did not, we went to the grocery sh- store in the we went to cookbook in the afternoon mm. and that was literally and I went for a run in the morning but the rest of the day we hung out at the house we played we read books I did some cleaning while he was sleeping we tried blueberries for the first time like yeah there there was not one day where we didn't have five things to do mm-hmm. and in some ways that's good but in some ways, I feel like I fall into this pattern of just everything's available to you instantaneously there. And it's very easy to make it happen. So why not? Mm-hmm. Whereas here, you have to make a little more effort. And so I think, I mean, for now, at this point in our life, I just feel like for me, the the 
being able to focus more on actually writing and going there every couple of months to see people and get that energy and get that fix and and show your face is better because essentially that's how we were living we weren't there that much anyway we were just traveling a lot but it's nice to be more i feel more grounded here and feel like i have more time to actually do the thing that i'm supposed to do which is write and report but also take care of a kid at this point you know it's interesting it's who knows i definitely so many people were like do you think you would come move back and the thing is like no but Maybe someday. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not in a hurry. It was great to be there. I think the plan is to be there more, but to live on Pacific time. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's right for us. And there's this city is amazing and very yeah. excited to like learn more about it as things open up. Totally. All right. Well, that was our New York experience. Um, it was great to run into a bunch of you there. That was also a wonderful thing about New York. Is just, I forgot. You randomly run into people all yeah, the time. It was super fun. Uh, including some of you. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back maybe next week with something yeah, else. Yeah, let's do but... next week. Let's do some of the things we were supposed to do in New York. Right. True. And uh, thank you, Alan, as always, for Thanks, this, Alan. this music. Uh, it's been The Needle and the Mouse. You can find us at theneedleandthemouse.com you can email us at hello at theneedleandthemouse.com you can tweet us at needle and mouse eventually we're going to get this on spotify we've heard from a few of you uh, uh, you just have to probably click a box somewhere and it'll happen but yeah thanks for listening and we'll see you soon bye, bye.